All right. Well, let's go ahead and get started tonight um, in our midweek service. Um, we've been uh, working out of the book of Isaiah, chapter 11, uh, verse 2. Um, we've moved to the spirit of understanding. We got through uh, part of it uh, last week, um, and uh, for the life of me, I'm looking at my notes, and I forgot to mark where I left off, so <laughs> there's a little bit of redundancy. I apologize, but uh, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, get started with a word of prayer, and uh, we'll just uh, jump uh, right into um, our lesson. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you again for the time and opportunity to be here tonight. I thank you again, Lord, for your word which you have given to us that we may learn from, that we may uh, obtain that knowledge and instruction from you and uh, understand it through your Holy Spirit. And Lord, use it in the wisdom that you um, bestow upon us uh, for your honor and for your praise and your glory. And I pray, Lord, that tonight we would just uh, do that, that we would uh, glorify you and please you with all that we say, do, and think that as we listen to your word, that it would uh, be used to shape us into those believers that you desire us to be, to serve you and to um, uh, do your will and uh, just uh, please you in all things. And I thank you again, Lord, for this evening. And I pray that, uh, again, you'd be with me and my uh, thought, my voice, Lord, and uh, just speak through me tonight that uh, all would be pleasing unto you. And this I ask and pray in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> so um, we had kind of left off uh, right at the part where we were talking about uh, a spirit of understanding as it is uh, a God-given spirit. Uh, understanding is something that uh, not everybody gets, not everybody has. And we find that the understanding, that spirit uh, that the Lord gives comes, uh, you know, at his, uh, at, 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 you know, requesting it. And we see Solomon talking about that and asking for that wisdom, um, and, uh, giving, you know, that understanding so that he would know how to do what the Lord wanted him to do as king and to judge his people. And, uh, uh, I want to pick up, uh, with, uh, this kind of fourth topic about understanding. Um, some people think that understanding is something that just uh, automatically comes with either age or uh, with culture or is uh, something that is innate to man. Um, but the fact is, is that as we see it's God-given, uh, it also is something that has to be taught. So while Solomon did ask for that, there was obviously, according to the book of Proverbs, some great teaching that came from King David to King Solomon. Uh, but we find that understanding is something that is not necessarily uh, um, translated always with experience, but is something that is educational, something that can be shown and demonstrated and taught. Turn to the book of Nehemiah. Let's go to Nehemiah as kind of our, our first uh uh, verse to, to see this point. And in Nehemiah chapter 8, and again, we understand the story of uh, Nehemiah. And Nehemiah has been tasked with building the wall and uh, putting things kind of back in order. Uh, Ezra, who was one of his contemporaries at the time, was uh, tasked with rebuilding the temple. 
Uh, Nehemiah is rebuilding that wall that's around Jerusalem. And uh, we find here in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 7, and also uh, Jeshua and Bani and Sarabia and Jamin and Akub uh, and uh, a bunch of other guys whose name I'm just going to skip right over. Uh, the Levites caused the people to understand the law and the people stood in their place. So here we are in a situation where actually Ezra is reading the book of the law. Uh, it's uh, being read out loud to all the people that have been assembled there because uh, Nehemiah and Ezra both know that there is a problem within Jerusalem, and that is the heart of the people. The heart of the people are doing that which is wicked. They're going completely against uh, God's word. Um, they've been in bondage for quite some time. Uh, the temple has been, you know, was obviously ransacked and destroyed, and it's now finally rebuilt. And all of the things that God wants Israel to do, yeah, they now begin to read that out of the, the law, and they read that to the people. And these individuals uh, that have been tasked with this, with the Levites, are going through the people and making sure that they understand what is being read. That they understand those verses that we uh, had talked about uh, previously over there in, in, in the book of Deuteronomy, where he says in chapter 9, you know, talking about that they need to understand what God is doing for them. Uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 9 and verse 6, that they needed to understand that God didn't give them the land because they were righteous. He said, no, you guys are a bunch of stiff-necked people is what he specifically says. He wants them to understand that these are blessings of God, that, uh, that the land is being given to them. Also, at the same time, they need to understand exactly what the difference between what is right and what is wrong, what is clean and what is unclean. All of this is something that is being taught, and this is exactly what these individuals are doing. They're, they're teaching. They're, they're, they're there, if you will, tutoring them and saying, do, do you understand those passages that were just read, do you understand the meaning behind it? Do you understand what God is teaching us and what God is telling us? So we see that very clearly in verse 8. It says, so they read in the book of the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. And I mean, again, because you have to understand these individuals had not heard the word of God read aloud in such a long time. And here's this generation and the, as he's giving them the sense, saying this is exactly what God's communicating. And, and here is what he wants us to do. You have to understand that. And they, he caught, they caused them to understand, meaning that they would explain it. They would, they would engage the people like, do you get this? And they want them to understand it because it was that vitally important for Israel and specifically for Jerusalem. They had to get that understanding. If you jump down to verse 13 and it says, in the second day, on the second day, uh, were gathered together the chief of the fathers of all the people, the priests and the Levites, and Ezra the scribe, even to understand the words of the law. And they're gathering together as leaders to go through and begin to, 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 to understand everything that is there. 
making sure that the leaders that are in charge, not just the people, not just the Levites, but all of them understand, including those leaders, how God wants them to behave and what God wants them to do. And they find all of these things in there that they're supposed to do, all these feasts, all these uh, other things that they're, 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 were, they're required to go about doing, and they seek to do that because they want to please God. They, they, they've seen enough of this punishment. But there's an understanding there that is necessary. If you go over to Luke chapter 24, you find again uh, another situation where, again, two individuals that are walking uh, with Christ uh, after the resurrection, he begins uh, talking to them about things of the scripture, and then uh, uh, um, he had gone through and, and explained some things to them, uh, as it says in verse 27, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, expounded unto them in all scripture the things concerning himself. He, he He's teaching them, and then they eventually, their eyes are opened. But we also find that uh, that individual, one of those individuals was directly related to Christ, uh, which is kind of a very interesting thing to understand, that they didn't even recognize him in that sense. But you find later on, as he begins talking with the, the, the uh, disciples, we find in verse 45, he says something specific. Then he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Here he is working directly with them, and if you will, teaching them in such a way that they would understand the scriptures. Now, these guys had been with Christ for three and a half years, working with him diligently in the ministry, listening to all things that he taught, but they still needed to get some understanding. They still needed to understand what the Word of God said about Christ, about everything. And here he is, he's opening that up to them and saying, this is, this is what I want you to understand. And that understanding specifically was regarding the Scriptures, the Bible. Some people try to understand other things. Some people try to understand things that are a little bit too high for their own thought. I mean, again, you start looking at all of these scientists and, and individuals that are sitting there trying to figure out all of these equations and, 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 and talking about the theory of everything and trying to prove certain things. And, and the end result is, is that they're dealing with some things that they can't seem to understand. And uh, as they were trying to prove this theory of everything, this one formula, if you will, this theory that would prove all the other theories, all the other formulas, and show that uh, uh, the Big Bang Theory is true and show all of these other things, they found that it didn't. As a matter of fact, this theory of everything, often what they would refer to as the God Theory, uh, never produced those results. As a matter of fact, that theory was found to be uh, solvable 12 different ways and come up with the same answer. And so they're like, this can't be, the, this can't be the case. So then they started talking about that it could be solved in such a way that it was proving other dimensions and so on and so forth. And, uh, then it started working into what they refer to now as some things about string theory and et cetera. And, and they just, at some point, they just kind of stop and they go, we, we, we can't even comprehend this. But if they applied that same diligence to understanding who God is, if they applied that same diligence to understanding Scripture, 
they would see what they're missing. They would see what, what, what the what the, the the answer to the problem that they're trying to come up with is, and that's God. What holds everything together? What what what, what force? What power is that? That's God. That's Jesus Christ. They they don't get that. They can't comprehend that. They want to put it into something that is, if you will, in a formula, mathematical formula, and come up with it and say, see, see, we can prove this. But when you realize that it's Jesus Christ, there's some things that you have to take by faith. You have to believe God at his word. And again, when that happens and occurs... Many other things begin to, if you will, open up for understanding. But here Christ is opening up their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. One of the key most important things that a believer must do, and we find that that's what Jesus Christ had as a spirit. He had the spirit of understanding. He grew in that understanding. In Proverbs chapter uh, chapter 1, turn there, Proverbs chapter 1, and in verse 5, we find that the Bible talks about the wise man in this book, specifically in Proverbs, talks about the wise man and the fool. But in Proverbs chapter 1, uh, in verse 5, it says, A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. To understand a proverb in the interpretation, the words of the wise in their dark sayings. You, you, you have to apply yourself to that. You have to, you know, if you will, put yourself, uh, put effort into that to, to, to understand these things, to, to attain to those wise counsels, to listen to what God's saying. Many times there's people that will not listen to counsel. You can try to, try to teach them all day long and they won't listen. You can try to show them from the word of God uh, what, what God says and they won't listen. They just won't, they won't abide by counsel. They won't attain unto that counsel. And here he's saying that, that a wise man will. And with that understanding, we understand the inverse is also true. That a fool won't understand because they refuse to learn. They refuse to listen, to attain to counsel, wise counsels. They reject that. And here this is talking about this wise man, talking about increasing in learning, and, and, and a person that has that understanding is going to want that counsel. They're going to understand how that counsel is going to help them. It becomes a critical issue. Because the Bible talks about this being the counsel of God. The word of God is the counsel of God. And it says that shall stand. Everything else is going to fall around. I mean, I don't know how many times they've changed things when it comes to psychology and psychiatry and therapy and, 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 and secular counseling uh, methods. They, they bounce from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, and it's whatever flavor of the month it is and, and what they think is the, you know, the newest, uh, uh, mental health that they, they can tag on to somebody. But the scripture just gets right to the point. There's a problem in the heart we've got to address. Now I'm not talking about something that is, you know, a, a medical issue. I'm talking about most of the problems that exist out there with mental health issues 
that are self-induced because people are racked with fear. Uh, people are, uh, you know, uh, using anxiety incorrectly. They have anger management issues. They've uh, uh, taken depression and gone way too far w- with uh, the the emotion of sadness. All of these things, and, and again, they can all be fixed with the very specific use of God's word pointing out where the problems are. Those are all things that that a person needs to understand. Uh, Turn to Proverbs 15. Proverbs chapter 15 and in verse 32. Proverbs 15, 32, it says, He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul. That's a very powerful verse. He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul. You hate yourself. I guarantee you, you find a person that has uh, issues uh, about their image, about their identity, and they dislike themselves in every which way and shape and form. I guarantee you that is a person that generally will not listen to instruction. It will be a person that refuses it. And what we find here is he says very clearly, he that refuses instruction despises this his own soul. That means that person is going to actually hate themselves. But he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. If you're willing to listen to, hey, you were wrong, let me show you the right way to do it, then you're going to gain understanding. When somebody shows you that from Scripture, and when somebody shows you that from the Word of God, and says, hey, you, you, this, this is what you were doing, and that's, that's sin, so let's do this, which is what pleases God. So let's go ahead and do what we need to do with the, the, the sin, and let's, let's get that corrected. Let's go through the correction process that we've talked about. Let's make sure we're doing what God tells us that we're supposed to be doing, forsaking, repenting, Understanding the rebuke, the reproof, uh, all of the conviction, the correction, all of those things that need to be there. Let, let, let's get that. The person is going to walk away with a better understanding of what God's expectations are, what God wants them to do, uh, what the will of God is, and how to do it and how to accomplish it and how to live righteously, holy, and perfect in the eyes of the Lord. A person is going to, as it says here, get understanding. And the one thing that I understand, that I understand about understanding is this, is it's taught, but in order to teach, you have to be willing to be taught. You have to be willing to be taught. If a person refuses to be taught, it just, again, it's like, you're beating your head on a on a desk. You you, you just it, it's frustrating. It's just frustrating. But one thing that we see very clearly, and and we got a glimpse of that, where Jesus opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. The next thing that we understand about understanding is that it is it concerns directly the Word of God. It's very, it's very much concerning 
the word of God. When you start seeing understanding in scripture, he's talking about understanding the word of God. And we saw that it was being taught over there with Nehemiah and Ezra and what they were doing. We see the Lord doing that and teaching. We see that it's something that is to be learned and listened to. So here it is concerning the word of God. Go over to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 4. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, the very beginning, the next generation going into the land, God starts talking to them and says, okay, we're going to cover a few things here. And in Deuteronomy chapter 4, is a a very, very important chapter. Uh, The way that the, the chapter is constructed, the way that it is put together, is a very educational chapter. There's a lot to be taught here. There's a lot to be said about what is going on. And uh, we see that, uh, and, and again, just for that context sake, uh, um, I'm going to read down here a little bit further, but I want to start with verse 1. It says, Now therefore hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes, that's the word of God, and the judgments, that's again the word of God, which I teach you. There it is again. For to do them that you may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers giveth you. You shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall you diminish aught from it, that you may keep, uh, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. So we find three words that, that, that are used frequently over there in Psalm 119, which is all about the word of God. He's talking about statutes, judgments, and commandments. And again, the importance of it and what they're supposed to do and what they're not supposed to do. And it says, your eyes have seen uh, what the Lord did because of Baal Peor. For all the men that followed Baal Peor, the Lord thy God hath destroyed them from among you. But ye that did cleave unto the Lord your God are alive, every one of you, this day. And he says, okay, so you've seen the execution of judgment. You need to, under, you know, it's part of what we were talking about that it, we have to understand who God is. That's why understanding is important. But he said, you understand that there was judgment. You saw the judgment. You know what happened. You guys are alive today. The other guys aren't. They died. And he says, you, cl- you know, you, you were cleaving to the Lord. In verse five, behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments. There we are again. Even as the Lord my God commanded me that you should uh, do so in the land whither you go to possess it. Essentially, when you get into that land, you are not to continue in any type of sin that God says you're supposed to avoid. Don't bring idols back. Don't start doing wicked practices. Don't, don't do any of those things. But what we find here in verse 6, he says, keep therefore and do them. This is the verse that I want to get to. Keep therefore and do them. For this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations. How do you show somebody that you understand something? Proof of concept, right? You know, you, 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 you prove that you understand it. You demonstrate it. You know, if you're, if you're, you know, looking for some sort of certification or, uh, um, you know, uh, some sort of licensure, you have to prove that you learned it. 
so they have tests. When I was taking a test, uh, uh, when I was in um, uh, working in actually ambulatory pharmacy, um, you know, as a technician, I had to take a test. It was a 360 some odd question test. Um, and uh, you had a few hours to complete it, but that would demonstrate you understood the material that they had just been teaching over the several months beforehand. That it wasn't just uh, you, you just sat there and listened and then forgot everything that you learned or everything that was being taught. So part of what the nation of Israel had to do is they had to take what the, uh, God had taught them and they had to demonstrate that understanding to the Gentile nations that were around them. And this is an important part for a believer. We have to demonstrate that we understand the word of God to a lost and dying world. That, that there's a reason why we do things. But as we finish that, that, that uh, verse, keep therefore and do them, and for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of uh, the nations, which shall hear all these statutes and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. Somebody ever show you that they're a complete, total, utter fool? You're just standing there and you're like, oh, hey, watch this. And you're just like, oh, going to end bad you know it's going to end bad that person just sit there and, and whether it's uh they're being braggadocious or whether they're filled with pride or whether they're just trying to one-up or whatever it may be and they just you just look at that and you just shake your head and go what a fool what a complete fool maybe you insert other insults in their intelligence but but you just look at it and you go wow See, the nation of Israel was supposed to show the opposite. They were supposed to show they were wise and that they had understanding. And why is that? You remember what happened with Solomon when he was given wisdom and understanding? What happened? All of a sudden, leaders from all over the place started coming to him to help them, help him, or excuse me, have him help them solve their problems. How many times, I, I, I don't see anything recorded, but I can only hypothesize, and again, this is just pure speculation on my part, but I'm sure some of those leaders probably asked him, how in the world did you get to be so smart? He's like, well, no, it's not necessarily smart, it's wisdom and understanding. Well, how did you get wisdom and understanding? Well, I asked God. He told me he'd give me anything. Anything? Yeah, anything. What'd you ask for? Understanding. And he gave me wisdom and understanding. God gave you that. Yes. How can I get that? <laughs> well, let me tell you about who the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is. There's the opportunity to do that. And we as believers can do the same thing. There is nothing more sad than a foolish Christian. Somebody that refuses to listen to what God teaches and what God says. And then everybody goes, that's a Christian? 
And all Christians that have some wisdom and understanding just go, and groan. I saw saw a video, uh, it was today, of a church service. And uh, it was a church service, and these people were getting, quote-unquote, and I want to be very careful about how I phrase this, they were getting excited but uh, their level of excitement was self-induced. It was not spirit-led. Um, it wasn't just being joyous about the, the things that were being taught. It went way beyond that. Because the guy at the front, and there's people singing and screaming and whatever it was in the background. I couldn't tell because it sounded like the noise of war in the camp, as Joshua said. <laughs> Um, and they're just, and there's one guy standing up there and he's saying something in gibberish and he's got this big giant shield and, and he's just rocking back and forth like this. And then there's another guy standing up there next to him, but he doesn't have the shield. He's got a sword and people are running around in the front and this guy's swinging this big old giant broadsword while people, and he, and he thrusts like this. Just as somebody happens to be walking right by, misses them by inches, misses them by inches. And then there's some guy over there and he's just ringing this big giant bell, like, you know, the Liberty Bell. And he's just ringing it and ringing it and ringing it. And he actually looked rather unenthusiastic about it. He's just like, you know, pulling on this cord. And I'm just like, this is supposed to represent God. This 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 shows the joy of the Lord. There was no word of God. There was no wisdom. There was no understanding. It was all foolishness. It didn't demonstrate who Christ is and what He's done for us. It demonstrated a bunch of people that wanted to do what they wanted to do. And it was it was it was rather disconcerting. But then people are. Look at saying, well, look, that's, 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 that's Christians. And I'm like, no, it's not. That's not Christianity. That's something else. That's something else. Turn over to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. And here we are looking at understanding and what it has to do with the word of God. And, and, and again, the reason that this is important is because Jesus Christ is the word of God. And we understand this concept that without the word of God, there will be no understanding. There will be no understanding. When we look at the technology that we have, it's all built on previous technology from individuals that essentially their whole purpose was to please God in science. To seek God in science. People don't want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about Niels Bohr or Sir Isaac Newton and their relationship with the Lord. They just want to use their formulas to try to, quote-unquote, find something else and new. Things were leaps and bounds beforehand. Beforehand, it was just, I mean, it was amazing. And again, you know, even even post uh, the fall... In Genesis 3, the understanding and the wisdom, because they were uh, a lot closer to the Lord then, 
Um, because again, there was no written word of God. There was the communication of God to them. They had a lot more understanding, all these things that they're doing and what they're finding. Again, one of the things that I always bring up is, you know, over in Iraq, they were digging around and they found something and they couldn't understand what it was. And they first, at first thought it was the tip of a, of a mortar that had not exploded and lost its fins and they didn't know what it was. And they're digging around, they're looking at it and EOD says it's, there's no explosives inside it. It's not anything that's explosive. They look at it a little bit closer and you know what it is? It's a battery from Babylon. From Babel, specifically. A battery. What were they using batteries for? How did they even understand batteries? You know what we're taught? We're taught man is dumb. Man is smart now, but man is dumb early. Man was smart early, and we've just progressively gotten dumb. We've just, I mean, again, you know, we take a look at what we do. I was telling my wife the other day, a debate among pastors is whether or not they should be using AI to write their sermons. And I was just sitting there going, I don't think this is really a debate, but okay. Because, I mean, I read her one of the sermons and, and, you know, the, the, the running joke is, is that AI can write a better sermon than a progressive pastor. Uh, but it was, it was fairly spot on. I mean, it kind of seemed to have a good flow to it and communicate something, but I also know it was a little bit repetitious and, and things of that nature that uh, seemed uh, a bit off, but I thought, okay, but I will say this. People are like, oh, well, we, we, we can use that. See how smart we are? No, you're just making a whole bunch of pastors dumb. Because now they're relying on a computer to write their sermons for them, and they're going to preach it? No. No, that's not how this works. That's not how this works. It has to do with the Word of God. Without the Word of God, people are going to get dumb. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 19 Actually, specifically verse 18, he says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. So we know the context of what he's talking about. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, and then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which is sown in his heart, this is he which received seed by the wayside. Now again, we understand that this passage is talking about the word of God. The seed. It's being sown in men's hearts. And depending on the condition of the heart, depending on whether it receives it or rejects it, is going to be determined on the preparation that's there and how it's broken up and how it's used and 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 uh, what's going on around there and et cetera. And he has different types of ground for different types of heart conditions. And here he's talking about receiving and understanding. When one heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not. The things that are being told, you know what, if they don't understand it, it is going to be uh, the one where it just gets caught away. Doesn't even have a chance to grow. 
The bird snatches it up. In this case, he says the wicked one takes it and it's gone. Zero understanding. Zero understanding. That's an important thing for us to understand when it comes to the Word of God. Which is why we have to be so diligent to understand it. Because if we don't understand it, the devil's just going to use that to take it away from us. Why? Because he's a thief. He's been a thief from the beginning. He's been a liar from the beginning. He's been a murderer from the beginning. He's a thief. He steals these things. But again, this person doesn't want to understand, doesn't, can't understand it. He gets snatched away. I'll turn over to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, again, that's referencing the Word of God. John chapter 8, and uh, take a look at uh, verse uh, 43 in that chapter. John chapter 8 and verse 43. And this is, this is where some things get really intense in the conversation. Uh, where the, the, um, these Jews are going back and forth with, uh, Jesus Christ and, uh, it gets, uh, it gets pretty bad. They start insulting him and he just starts, well, some people will say he was insulting them, but what he was saying was offensive to them because it was true. There's a difference. He wasn't insulting. He was pointing out the truth of the matter. And you go down there to, um, uh, verse, for, um, verse 41, let's just get that for the context. He says to them, uh, Jesus Christ, ye do the deeds of your father. And they're thinking, well, God the father, but he's got something coming for him here. Then they said, then said they, uh, to him, we be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. So now they're throwing him around saying that he's an illegitimate child. Okay, verse 42, Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. He gets right to the point. He's saying, if you really truly were of God, you'd receive this. You'd receive the word of God. But they are rejecting the word of God. And it says in verse 43, why do ye not understand my speech? Even because ye cannot hear my word. And then he tells them that they are of the father of the devil. <laughs> but he says very clearly in verse 43, you know, he, he's asking that rhetorical question that he turns around and answers for them. Why can't you understand? It's because you will not hear the word. You will not hear the word. And I think that's one of the most powerful things that we can begin to understand about uh, um, uh, the word of God and its use in understanding the things of this life, the things of God, the things and principles of uh, of his will, all of that. It is concerning the word of God. If the word of God is not understood, it's going to be very difficult and we are going to wind up following and doing the will of someone else, but not God. We will wind up doing our own will, the will of the devil, or the will of the world. And we won't be doing what God wants us to do. But there's one thing that becomes very apparent when we see this here, where he says, even because you cannot hear my word, 
you cannot make somebody understand that does not want to understand. The next thing we know about understanding when it comes to what Christ uh, has is it was desired. It was desired. Understanding has to be desired. You have to want it. You have to want it more than anything. Um, when, when, when we realize how important understanding is, there should be this, if you will, spark in us that says, I want to know more. Uh, I, I want to understand more because I, I, I love the Lord and I want to please him more. Turn to Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2. And uh, in uh, verse 2, it says, So that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. And what is this? He's saying, my son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee. He's saying, look, you've, you've, you've got to, you've got to want this. Here's Solomon saying, you have, you know, just imagine he's talking to Rehoboam or any of his other sons. He's saying, you have got to want this. You need to incline unto it. You need to apply your heart to it. This is where it belongs. This is is what has to be sought after. This is what has to be looked for. In verse 3, Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding. When was the last time you went to the Lord and cried and said, Lord, I don't understand. Help me understand. This is, this is something that, that, uh, that, that, that they should be seeking after. In verse four, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and the, the knowledge of, the, of, of God. For our, the Lord giveth wisdom out of his, uh, uh, giveth wisdom out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Again, there we have a reference to the word of God. And what we find is that the, the, the Lord is, is showing, saying, this has got to be something that is desired in a person's life. Turn over to, to Psalms chapter uh, 32. Psalm 32. Psalm 32 has a kind of an interesting little um, for, uh, verse here in Psalm chapter 32. And uh, <clears throat> um, just to, to kind of go back up here a little bit into verse 8, he says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. And here, here it is, if you will, uh, a response from the Lord saying, this is what's going to happen. In verse 9, though, you ever read this? Be ye not as the horse or as the mule. 
He says this a couple of times. Because what does a horse do? A horse can take off and run, run far ahead of you. A mule, a little more stubborn. What do you have to do? You got to drag it. But look at what he says. Don't be like them, which have no understanding. Person that has no understanding, he just compared them to a horse and a mule. <laughs> they, 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 I'm sorry. I find that just a little, little interesting. Because he's in verse eight, he, or verse nine, he continues. He says, "Whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee." Got to be careful with them. They have to be led around. They, there's a reason that they have these things in there because they don't get it. They don't get it. You can you can train some horses, and you can train some horses really, really well. Um, there was a, a pastor I knew, and he had some uh, had a friend that uh, trained horses, and uh, um, he had these these horses so well trained that uh, all he had to do was just drop the reins on the ground, and that horse thought it was fixed position that no matter how hard it pulled, that it would never be able to get, to leave that spot because of how he had trained those horses. He said, you can shoot a gun right off next to them and they won't even do a thing. He's like, you got to be kidding me. He goes, nope, just try it. It's like, okay. So he loads up the firearm and, you know, making sure everything's safe and, Fires a shot, and the horse just like didn't move. He's like, "How long will it stay there till it dies? It won't move until somebody comes, picks up the reins, and leads it." God doesn't want us to be a horse like that. If he wanted us to be a horse, he would have made us a horse or a mule. Animals don't have that same type of capacity. Why is that? Because they don't have souls. Everything that they do is, is instinctive or trained or taught. So you know what happens? We get a bunch of people in this world saying, well, you came from an animal. So what do they try to do? Behavioral conditioning. Well, if I ring this bell so many times, you're going to start salivating for the steak, just like Pavlov's dogs. And they try to associate Pavlov's dogs with human learning. Well, all you're doing is you're making a person a beast without understanding. And why is that? Because it's a lot easier to control them with the reins, isn't it? So we have to be very careful with this. God's saying, look, you've got to desire it because that's not your nature to be somebody that doesn't understand. That's not the way he created us. He gave us mind 
cognitive thought for a reason. I mean, when's the last time you saw a dog invent something? I mean, again, if we originated from chimpanzees, then, then, then I would think that they would be rolling out like cars and tanks out of the jungles because at some point in time, don't, wouldn't they just begin to understand how to do that stuff? And, and they might be, you know, primitive and crude, but they would be able to do that, but they don't. They can't explain that. Other than to say, well, man has always been dumb. And now we're smart. But yet, they're teaching the exact opposite of what God says. God says, I created you with intelligence. Not to be stupid. You know, we think some people are just born stupid. They're not. They choose to be stupid. Stupid isn't a... A, 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 if you will, a genetic trait, unless there is, you know, some other issue at, at hand. And I'm talking about, you know, a definition from psychology. I'm not talking about somebody that does something foolish, okay? But somebody that, that was considered an idiot or stupid, those were terms that were measurements of IQ, so that they would communicate exactly the degree of learning or understanding a person would have. But again, it comes down to a person's desire. Desire. Do they want to understand? I mean, again, you start thinking about the, you know, learning disabilities. You know, praise God, you guys know that I, I struggle with, you know, certain things, um, just still have a hard time grasping them um, and still mess up with numbers and things of that nature and words get jumbled and it's just the way it is. And, and, I, and I strive to try to make sure that doesn't happen, but it, sometimes my brain tricks me and does it anyways. But I'll tell you this, you know, you can str strive to move past that stuff. I'm not sure if this is 100% true, and if it's not, then please somebody correct me. But, um, you know, I remember back when I was in school, I was always taught that there were uh, several people that struggled with dyslexia. And um, two of them happened to be uh, General Patton and um, Albert Einstein. One of the greatest generals that ever was and uh regardless of he had some issues but you know he's a pretty good tactician and then uh albert einstein they didn't just succumb to it and say well i'm not going to try understanding is something that has to be desired I turn back over to proverbs proverbs chapter four <clears throat> And here's, you know, David telling Solomon in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7, um, specifically what he needs to do. He says, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. You've got to want to get it. It should be the most valuable thing to you. But in days, today's day and age, it's not the most valuable. 
the the, uh, ranking among your friends is more valuable. The uh, status of an influencer on some sort of media, social media or app or whatever is more important. Not, not, not understanding. It's not put at the forefront. It's not put at the forefront. Put on the back burner. Take a look at Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs chapter, chapter 16. We'll stop uh, with this verse. And then, uh, we'll move to this, uh, seventh thing that, uh, that, uh, is about wisdom. And I'll just kind of preview it here in just a minute. But Proverbs chapter 16, verse 16 says, How much better is it to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding rather to be chosen than silver? If you could understand one principle out of scripture, or have a billion dollars in silver. Which would you choose? And sometimes we have to we have to ask ourselves that question. What do I want more? Because you know what happens with silver? Silver can devalue. Like, well, silver's not gonna well, you know. If all of a sudden somebody cracks open a giant silver mine over in Nevada on property and they find it to be the world's largest repository of silver and there are billions upon billions upon billions of tons of silver in that mine that they would, you know, they couldn't exhaust in over a thousand years, you know what's going to happen to the price of silver? It's going to go down. A lot. A lot. But when we start realizing that, uh, you know, here, here's the Lord saying, you should choose understanding over, over money every single day, over worldly things, over physical things every single day. That should be the desire. That should be something that we want. So wisdom has to be desired. It must be desired. Seventh thing, and I'm just going to preview this, is, uh, and, and uh, I'm sure it'll be something that you can kind of think about. One thing about understanding is, is that you realize that it can be diminished. And sin diminishes understanding. Sin will diminish a person's understanding. I have seen people that have you know, that you look at and you go, you're pretty, oh, they seem smart. They seem like they've got it, right? And then they do something, you're just like, what? And then they completely tank their whole life. And you're like, how in the world did you do that? Why? I don't know. It's generally the answer. I guess it's just luck. No, it wasn't luck. You made those choices. But sin will diminish understanding. And we'll see that, Lord willing, next week. But let's go ahead and close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for the time. Thank you again, Lord, uh, for this um, uh, study that we've been doing on understanding. And Lord, I pray that we would receive these things. That, Lord, we would desire understanding. That we would desire to be taught by you, taught by your word. That we would have a firm understanding of where that wisdom comes from. 
and it's from you and you only. Thank you again for those that are here tonight. Pray you take us home safely and bring us back safely on Sunday. Thank you again for all you've done for us, most of all for the salvation that we have through you, the forgiveness of sins and that eternal home in heaven. And I pray these things in your Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen.